What's it like to be a comedian, TV host, radio host, an actor? Well, find out right now. Raw Fusion. Welcome to the King B's Raw Fusion Podcast. Left you without a strong show to flip to. Now think of how many weeks shows you slept through. Uh, time's up. I'm about to bless you with another season, another reason to cut on the TV and start the cheesing. To get up on the phone and go call your friends and let them know the King B's raw fusion begins. Sit on back and enjoy yourself. I'll be your company, baby. If you need a little help, I took off for a while to revise the plan. Got my focus on so I can check out the scam. And Open up my team, eliminate the fake And went and got me a beat from Bobby Drake And now I'm back, and it's better than you ever saw But enough talk, let's get raw A typical night at the clubs Let's get raw You don't want to fall in love Let's get raw And got the fusion in your blood Let's get raw Into my ladies and my thugs Let's get raw And to the haters on the scene Let's get raw Don't be mad cause we got green Let's get raw You should be trying to make the team Let's get raw Cause we taking everything Hey, it is super producer Lisa Ian. You know what time it is right now. That's right. It's time for Raw Fusion with the one and only wonderful host, my man, King B. Ladies and gentlemen, we have in the building. I can't even just say one thing about this guy. He does so much. Just say it. The destined legend, Leon Rogers. What's happening, brother? My man, King B. What's happening, brother? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. I'm, you know, I'm in this new space, man. This uh, podcast space, man. What's going on with you, man? Man, working, man. Uh, nose to the grindstone, trying to trying to be that millionaire, man. Get them streams of revenue going, and uh, you know, trying to sit on sit on a boat within the next two or three years and not have to do nothing. <laughs> man, let me tell you something. I tell people all the time. There's a lot of people in this business that run around talking about they're busy. And they ain't doing shit. <laughs> no, <they> just, <laughs> in real life, they just right. sitting at the crib watching the game and shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. You, my brother. I mean, goddamn, you, 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 you fucking with like you know James Brown status on being busy, bro. It's it's like you know, you've got the radio show. Yeah. All right. Thank WGCI in the mornings. Yep. Kyle and Kendra. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny, and we'll get to it. I just had Lisa E on the show last week. Shout out to Lisa E. That's my dog, man. One of one of the best producers I've ever had back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah, she's good people. She's definitely dope. Um, then you have the Fox TV show. Later with Leon, man. It's uh, it started out on Fox Thirty Two Chicago. It was coming on every night at like uh ten thirty right after the news. But then COVID hit and shut the studios down. And then uh, I got picked up by Fox Soul, which is an affiliate of Fox. And it's a streaming network, all urban programming, all black programming, man. And I'm just proud to be a part of that. So when the studios open back up, I will be shooting my show from those studios. But it will just be on, it'll be on Fox Soul and Fox 32 Chicago at night. Make sure you guys tune in, man. And making moves, man. It's, it's, we're going to be right up there with Hulu and all these other streaming services in a minute. Okay, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. And then, okay, well, they're all probably bread and butter at this point. But damn it, you're a comedian still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the number one love. Like, if I couldn't do anything else, 
to be able to stand on stage and entertain hundreds of people or thousands of people. That's the number one goal. That's what got me everything I got now. All right, so here's the thing. I've known you for more than a decade. I actually remember, I don't know if you remember this, before you got the job over at GCI, we were doing the penis dialogues. Yes, me, B. Cole, Tiffany, and Cookie. Yes, it's a good yeah. time. And B. Cole had just come from doing his week. They were looking for a new host, a comedian, and B. Cole had done his week, and they were bringing on different comedians every week. Mm-hmm. Your week was the next week after that. Which I was mad. I was mad at, at my week at WGCI. Well, <clears throat> so Elroy Smith, man, one, a brilliant brother, one of the greatest program direct, uh, directors in the history of radio, Yes, put out a competition to get a new comedian to replace Tony Schofield on the Crazy Howard McGee Morning Show because Tony was moving to afternoons. He was getting his own show. Every comic had a great week. My week, for some reason, my last day, my last day was September 11th. So, as you know, and I think it was like a Friday too, like a Thursday or Friday. It was a Friday. It was some towards the end of the week because I was mad. Uh, like, damn, you know what I'm saying? I've been rocking this whole week. Now on Friday, we coming with this September 11th shit. Okay, so we're five years removed from the tragedy on U.S. soil, and the whole show, of course, is going to be dedicated to that. People calling in, where were you at? And I'm just like, there's no space for me to be funny. So I thought I was being screwed over. And I, after mm. doing that, I went to the back. I was a little hot. Elroy was like, ask me how I go. I said, how you think, man? It was September 11th, bro. Like, what am I going to talk right, about? You know right. what I'm saying? I, I lose a day. Everybody else got their full week. And he... uh. He said, well, I know you could be funny. I want to hear, could you be serious? And you didn't disappoint me. So are you going to continue to be mad? Or are you going to sign this contract and welcome to the team? Damn. That's dope. And I was like, wow. I said, "He, this dude really is Phil Jackson. Jack, like, you know what I'm Man. saying? He's he coaching it up. But I was Man. so focused on being funny, he was like, I know you can be funny. Every comic I brought in here can be funny, but I put all of you all in situations where you had to speak your mind and 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 show the world that you that you read a book, that you read a paper, or you watch the news, or you're closely locked in on what's going on in the city and the country. And he said, and this is why I want you here on this show, which led to me staying and, and getting my own Saturday show and everything else. So I'm forever grateful to Elroy Smith uh, for yeah. that opportunity. Yeah, I met Elroy once at the uh, when we were interviewing uh, Alicia Keys, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, man, hit me up. We'll talk about something." Nothing happened from that, um, but he was a good guy. And Broke her record. She shouted him out at the Grammys, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good guy, man, um, and 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 rightfully so because I'm not I'm not a radio guy. I don't think so. You, you know? got the voice. Thank you. I appreciate it. Deep Stroke Radio with King B. I can see it already. (laughs) 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 Got the females calling up. All right, this is King B. You're tuned in to Deep Stroke Radio. But we go deep. (laughs) Who's on the line? This Janice from the West Side. All right, Janice. What you... You getting stroked tonight? Ooh, (laughs) could you play Keep Sweat? It's a good and a right way to love somebody. All right, we got that coming up to you. Remember, 
This is King B, Deep Stroke Radio, when we go deep. See, see, this is the shit. This is the reason why it's so hard to do movies with, 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 with people like this. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we're laughing half the time. But no, man, I was telling Lisa, I tried that shit for a month on the internet radio, and I was like, man, this shit, hell no. <laughs> this is too much shit, man. No, I'm good. Yeah, I'm it's good. it's I'm good. it's it's. I think people think all we do is get on the radio and play, but there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of preparation, uh, show yeah. prep, management uh, of time. You got to be on time. Got to get in and out of breaks on time, or else the company loses money because the commercial doesn't run on time. So at the end of the day, it's a discipline to it, and for a comedian, it's super tough because you don't get that reaction. It's like when we're on stage rocking a mic, the people are right there. We see them laughing, we see them smiling, we see them enjoying themselves. When you're on the radio, you have to have confidence that what you're saying is funny and people in their cars dying laughing because right. there's no immediate reaction. I mean, the people that are working with you, they might laugh, but you, you know that's part of the team. They're gonna help you push the joke. But you're worried about that woman in the car driving her two kids to school. Or you worried about that guy that's doing the bus route. You know what I'm saying? You wondering, are they listening and are they laughing? And that's the tough part about radio. Yeah. And I've worked with um, probably just about every of the, the best comedians in, in Chicago. So I've gotten a chance to study comedy from afar. And one of the things people don't understand is when you do a show, when you do a set, they call it. A lot of times you have a lot of different sets coming up to it. Like, let's say a special. You have mm -hmm. a lot of different small sets that you maybe go to a small comedy club and you're testing things out and you're working it out. By the time you get to the special, you probably put a, a year into it. And you know it works, you know it doesn't work. And you're getting the best, you know? But when you're on the radio or on a TV show, five days a week, you know, you don't have that type of prep. And so you may be funny five days a week, but when you see someone do their set, and I'm gonna say this, bro, I've been working with you for years. I've come to your shows um, where you were hosting, things of that nature. But when I saw you do your set, set, shit. Man, I was rolling, so I was laughing so hard. There are, because I work with so many comedians and we're laughing all the time, it's very hard for me to just consistently, I mean, to the point where tears are rolling down. It's very hard to get me there. And I'm telling you, man, I came to this one set that you did, and I was like, I did not know this dude was this funny. I knew you were funny, but I didn't know you were that fucking funny. It was just, I'm, not, I'm crying over here, man. It's, it's, it's hilarious, and I'm like, wow. You know what I'm saying? I've known you for probably, Oh, dude, you know me, but like, man, come on, like, uh, literally, shoot, man, me and Nicole have been married, what, it's going on 20 years, I, I, at least 15, yeah. bro, easy, about, at least yeah. 15 years solid, and and I tell people, that's a, it's a delicate balance, and thank you for the compliment, first of all, first and foremost, man, because it's, it's tough, especially when you work on radio, mm -hmm. because the humor you're doing it's spontaneous off the cuff, and you're talking right. about the day's current events, right? Maybe a little nostalgia here and there. But when you're on stage doing a set, these are things that you have curated, you know what I'm saying, out of your personal life or what's going on. And 
sometimes I kind of feel like I'm behind the curve because everybody else is constantly hitting stages, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't get to hit the stage that much. So when I do hit the stage, it's kind of like, yo, it's like getting back in the gym. You know, you was one of the top hoopers in the nation, but you, mm -hmm. you took off three or four years to teach. But now when you come back in the gym, it's like you see all these young hoopers in here. You see them getting up and doing their thing. And then it's like once you get back in the game, you're like, oh, okay, this is what it is. All right. And then you showing them stuff that they ain't never seen before as far as hooping. And that's what I kind of liken it to. Mm -hmm. The ability to adjust and adapt and, and 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 get back on that stage and and lose those butterflies. But then at the same time, I know a lot of those guys, when they come off the stage, it's tough for them to be funny on the radio. Because mm -hmm. because maybe they're used to using certain language that you can't use. You know, I tell mm -hmm. everybody there's clean comedy. Like, yeah, you got to be clean on the radio, but that also means subject matter. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't talk about giving head on the morning show when people got their kids in the car on the way to school. Exactly. Right? Now, if I'm clever enough to do some innuendo where the parents get it, but the kids have no idea what Mr. Leon is talking about on the radio, that's when the art comes in. You know, which is interesting because um, a lot of the rap music for years have had, let's say, interesting subject matter. And yet you guys still have to adhere to a clean type of delivery. You know yeah. what I mean? Different day parts have to adhere to different things. So the morning show is probably the most watched because, like you said, everybody's getting up on work. Kids mm -hmm. are going to school. Parents have it on in the car. So Zach Boog, my brother who works from 6 to 10, can probably get away with more because if you're out, you're probably an adult that's out at 6 to 10 moving around, mm -hmm. you know, or 10 to 2. So uh, when I worked at Power 92 and me and DJ Ferris was on the air, we used to come on from 10 to 2, and it was called yeah. Hood Radio. And, dog, I I'll say this, man. That late-night show was one of the greatest late night shows in the history of Chicago radio. I put it right up there with uh, Ramonski Love and Disco Dave. Disco uh, when Dave. Pink House, when Pink House used to come on, rest in peace to Disco Dave, when Pink House used to come on late, mm -hmm. playing all the new rap tracks and stuff, and the Bad Boys, but they were six to 10. Like Pink House and Bad Boys, they like six to 10. But that Ramonski Love, Disco Dave show that used to come on late night on Fridays and Saturdays, I think we rivaled them. I think uh, me and Ferris had one of the dopest shows on because he handled all the music and I handled all the bits and it just worked. It was a symbiotic re relationship and it was super dope. And that's and, important um, to have yeah. a, a, a good partner. You know? Yeah. And, and you, you listen, you'd be surprised. There's some radio partners that if I told you they didn't really get along off mic, you wouldn't believe it. But cause cause you listen to their show and it's like, damn. Sound like they've been rocking together for since childhood. But you can't know, it's all about it's all about they can't stand each other. But I mean, me and Ferris had a, a great relationship, man. And we, we never stepped in each other's lanes. He had the ear, he had the ear to the streets for the pulse of the music. And he was like, dude, I'ma let you be the comedian. And whatever you do, I'm following you. Like if mm -hmm. we get in trouble. And one thing he told me, he said, man, if we get in trouble, we get in trouble together. Let's go. I ain't going to leave you hanging out to dry. So we used to do all types of stuff. We had this little thing called uh, when 
when people would call in for tickets, we'd be like, man, you want these tickets to go see Gucci, man? Well, we need uh, female nurses to take a temperature <laughs> live on air. <laughs> and so, you know, nobody understood what we was talking about till one day we played a call back and dude was like, man, I'm here with my nurse right now. We was like, yeah, what's your nurse name? And then she said her name and he was like, she got the thermometer, she ready, she finna take my temperature. Oh. <laughs> and then you can imagine the, the sounds you heard afterwards, right? <laughs> but we gave them tickets, yo. And I couldn't, like half of the stuff we did, dog, I can't believe we got away with it. But like I said, we would do it after the midnight hour. Cause see from 10 mm -hmm. to 12, you're still being watched kind of by the FCC. But mm -hmm. from midnight to two in the morning, we thinking ain't no kids up. If your kids up, they bad anyway. So it's whatever. Strippers in the studio, all that, man. But we made sure we kicked it off after 12. It's just straight up. Good times. Well, we don't have to worry about the FCC over here, but we still have to pay these bills. So we'll be right back with Leon Rogers on Raw Fusion. If you want to check out some of our films, you can do so at patreon.com slash King B. And as always, King B's Raw Fusion podcast is sponsored by theindycity.com. If you like independent artists or independent products, or you're just independent like me, check out theindycity.com. T-H-E-I-N-D-Y-C-I-T-Y.com. Raw Fusion. We go back to MySpace. This is a story about Leon Rogers working with King B. I had a movie called uh, Intimate Friends. Yep. In that film, we had the legendary Herb Kent. And, rest in uh, peace. Rest in peace. And we had Prototype, who goes by Jay Marie, on the Flavor Love Show on VH1. Block Party Babe, she was a Block Party Babe also for my uh, afternoon show, Block Party, the Block Party with Leon Rogers. Come and on that's how you knew her. Yeah. So you hit me up and said, listen, I saw the trailer, I saw a couple of people in there I know. Of course, I'm assuming that was Prototype and Herb. Yep. Hey man, if you have anything coming up, let me know. And this is a testament to you, your grind, because a lot of people there on the radio, they don't do that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? I think uh, uh, Roxy, she was on uh, shit. She was on B96. She reached out to me, or somehow we got connected. I used to listen to all kinds of radio, and we started talking. But between, but besides you two, you know, most radio personalities wouldn't do that kind of shit. And so, what did I do? I said, "Hey, I'm working on this project, uh, which was my next project was the Penis Dialogues." He said, "Hey, man, come on down to the studio. You know, bring me a script." I did so, and. Uh, Shit, man, you was on the my movie and we've been working together ever since, so. That was fun. The Penis Dialogues was fun because it was really, why did I get married and all those types of movies before they came out? Yeah. If you, if you like, like if we really want to sit back and dissect that King B, that whole conversation, the men and women, it was like the big chill meets, you know, black folks. Cause we was all sitting around talking at a barbecue and everybody had their own skewed perspectives on relationships and all that. You know what I'm saying? So when you when you sit back and look at that movie, that movie, and I encourage people if there's somewhere they y'all can get it from King B, check it out. That movie was all this stuff you see now from you know, and, and it's no diss to the people that's making it now, but mm -hmm. it's literally them films, the well, comedic element between me and Cookie. Yeah, and then you was the player with the chick. You know what I'm saying? You, you can't settle down, and then B Cole and 
Tiffany was the couple. You know what I'm saying? So you had all those same elements. So I, I, I always thought that was penis dialogues was dope to me. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Yeah. One of the things, one of the things about it was when I, when I, I came up, it, it obviously is a play on the vagina monologues. And right. I'm saying like, okay, I can't, I, I'm not finna do a bunch of people coming up talking about dicks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, because I. What's the audience I, there? That's not, I, you know I mean, what I'm I ain't You my man, but I ain't want to do nothing like this, bro. I, I ain't want to break in the game. Like I heard the stories about Hollywood, bro. I, I don't catch it this early. <laughs> Like, fuck that. Nah, so I was trying to figure <laughs> out how the hell can we do like a male perspective, and that's how it came about to flip it. And the interesting part, you know, one of one of the techniques I do is I, I give people the script, and I don't I don't give them any notes, you know, before the before the first read, table read. I did that with everybody. We did the table read, and everybody had their parts. They knew who those characters were, everything without me saying anything. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I could work with these guys. Then we get to the set. And you guys are going so well. I'm thinking in the back of my mind, do these people know I can direct? Because I, I, I had no notes. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was well, I had been used to working with um, some people that may have been their first time. You got to coach right. them into it. You got to pull out. I had to do none of that shit with you guys. You guys had it all. And I'm sitting here like, these motherfuckers don't know I, I can direct. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think and you I had be- three comics. Me, B. Cole, and Cookie were comedians, right? Well, Cookie's. Kind of, well, she's the actress. She's but funny. Well, actress, funny. well, comedic actress. But yeah. and I think Tiffany had been in and in, in some stuff, you know, so she knew how to handle herself in front of a camera. And mm-hmm. um, I think if anything, if we want to go deep, that's a testament to your pick and talent. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Even though you didn't have to direct a lot, or you felt like we was doing everything the way we needed to. But that's testament as an eye for talent. Like, okay, you you know, this is just like coaching a basketball team, bro. We could put the right, we could we could have five all stars and the, and the team could suck because there's no chemistry. Right. You know what I mean? But but a good coach got a good eye. Say, okay, I know what lineups to play that they gonna mesh and we gonna dominate. And I think that's kind of what you did with that with that whole little setup. And in some other films you did that like. Uh, I missed out on like what was the 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 the, the gangster movie, man? Well, I, I did get a part in the second one. I was a I was a drug dealer, and we wanted Roost. we wanted to roost roost two point five. You were two point uh, five. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You and were I was pimp. sitting at the dinner table with my guys, but that that no, was that why. was that wait 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 that was that was that was hate love. You've been in hate three love. of my movies. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's right, roost. I was a pimp. You was a dollar bill. Was your character dollar bill, and, and and that's another thing I think I like too. Uh, just because we was comics or radio personalities, you didn't just say you got to be the silly motherfucker in the movie. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm. for me, when I when I try to get in films or somebody asks me to do something independent, the first thing I ask them like, "What's the role?" Well, you this guy, you work at the butcher shop, but you always fucking up, and that's I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want, I want something, you know, give me the role of a cop that's trying to catch these guys or give me the role of a lawyer or attorney or give me the role of a concerned father. Like, I, I want to try to test, I want to test myself. I know I can be funny in front of a camera. I, I ain't even worried about that. You know what I'm saying? But I want to know, can I, can I do a scene that makes somebody cry? You know, after seeing cats like Jamie Foxx, Tom Hanks have success turning stand-up into Oscars, man, why would I want to just limit myself to being funny? And that's interesting because uh, some people, I've even had comics that 
may not agree, but I believe that comics are, uh, they make brilliant dramatic actors because you're, you guys think differently. You think so fast. And, and people ask, well, you know, I've had so many comics in, in, in my movies and I've never really done a pure comedy. And right. I don't really have to because you guys are so smart, you know, and you think so fast. You know, like like I was saying with the, you know, five days a week thing, that's kind of like freestyling in rap. You know what I mean? There's, there's the written's and then there's freestyle. You guys can freestyle so quickly that it works for dramatic acting. You know, you guys think on several different levels that not all dramatic actors do. So I really like putting you guys in in real situations, you know, real roles because, you know, especially, you know, with, with guys like you, I can just give you the, the book and I don't talk to you anymore. I, <laughs> you think, know, it's, it's, I think it's done. I think comics make great actors because our job is improv. So think mm -hmm. about it. When a comic's on a stage telling jokes, he's telling a story. So he has to paint a picture and bring you in there. So he has to act out different things. I mean, let's let's use this for example. I always break it down. Kevin Hart joke about his dad coming to school in jogging pants, you know, at some function. And and he, he said, Kev say he's sitting there and the next thing you know, his father walk in, all right, all right, all right, all right. You know, like he gets into character. He's being right. his father in that moment. And I think, uh, you know, no disrespect to regular actors because they practice on their craft, you know, reading monologues and stuff like that. But comics, I think every time we go on stage, we're improving. We, we're, we're being a character. We're being the auntie that told you to go get a pack of cigarettes. We're being the bus driver that tell you to sit your ass down. We emulate characters, which is mm -hmm. easy for us to get in character. Now, mm -hmm. some comics are better at it than others. You look at Jamie Foxx, who when you saw Ray Charles, you saw Ray Charles. Like It wasn't mm -hmm. like Jamie Foxx playing Ray Charles. You was like, that's Ray Charles. If I had yeah. never seen Ray Charles before, you know, yeah. and it's just the, the improv factor of it, I think it is for me. And if comics get a little bit of training, man, with it and, and enhance that, which I've, you know, act one school, I've been trying because I literally, I literally love being in front of the camera. I love being behind the creative side of it too, but I love just testing my limits. Like what, what makes me nervous? What's not in my comfort zone that I need to try to conquer? Like, you know what I'm saying? Before I used to be nervous about performing in front of all white crowds. So now I just started going up north and doing all the rooms. And when I said, oh, this shit is just as easy as performing for my people. And I'm not switching up my material neither. And mama, it, you know, so it, it's just all about testing yourself, man, and putting yourself out there. But people got to give you that chance. I think a lot of times comics get put in a box. Oh, he's a comedian. So everything we put him in, he got to be silly and funny. And then you get stuck there. And it's like, eh, you know, the checks is good, but I want to branch out. I want it's got to be on you as the comedian. You might be OK with doing that. And I ain't mad at that. But for me, I want I want to test it. You know, I, I want to see. What I can do is some roles I ain't gonna take. You know, I'm not gonna be the gay hairdresser, but that's my own personal reasons. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, there's nothing against nothing against gay hairdressers. Let me put that out there. That's just not yeah. something I'm comfortable with doing, and I don't want to do. And I have yeah. my reasons for not doing that, and I keep that to myself. But right. you know, 
I want to be a, a, a paralyzed, a guy that was shot in Afghanistan, paralyzed in a wheelchair. You know, I want to do these different roles. You know, I want to be right. the man who's about to lose his newspaper stand to big business and he's doing everything to fight it. I want to be the lawyer trying to get this guy out for murder charge. You know, I, I look right. at uh, Aldous Hodge, who's not a comedian, he's an actor, but he went from playing ran an NWA, now he's like a district attorney mm -hmm. right next to Kevin Bacon. Like, I want to do mm -hmm. that. Oh, we. You know what? That's funny. I knew I'd seen that guy before. I couldn't. Yeah, tell he, he was, was. ran. <laughs> he was ran and straight out <laughs> yeah, of Congress. And now he's like playing opposite of Kevin Bacon as a district Good. attorney in Boston. Like, I want the range. I want the range, fam. All of those guys are doing well, by the way. They did a hell of, of a job on uh on that. And that, you know, that's a testament to actors, but you know, let's keep it one hundred, uh, directors, man. I think I think F. Gary Gray is the best director in Hollywood. He's dope. And he directed uh, Straight Outta Compton. He He's also dope. did uh, Set It Off and and uh, uh, The Negotiator. You know what I mean? And he's behind the scenes, kind of, sort of. A lot of people don't know who he is, but he's a brother. He's killing it. You know what I mean? Every movie he does, just about, is you know Italian job. You know, I like Runaway Hits. So I like you know and I, you know who else I like? Who's that? I like uh Antoine Fuqua. I yeah. like him too. I mean, you think Tears of the Sun, I like that. Uh he did the Equalizer too and yeah. the Equalizer. He did Training Day. Training Day. And Olympus yeah. is Fallen. So he I I like I like Fuqua too and and I like Kugler. I think Kugler is going to be oh. Oh. a force to yeah. be reckoned with. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you just know, think of what he did with, with, with Black Panther. Yeah, and of course. I'm going to tell you what the test is going to be. The test is going to be what they do with Black Panther 2. Um, so you know you know they've already said, I'm trying to think of what else Ryan did. He did Fruitvale Station and Creed. So mm -hmm. he, he's got like three three cats, and it looks like him and, and Michael B. Jordan have the relationship. You know what I'm saying? Because he okay. was in all three. Michael B. Jordan was in Creed, Fruitvale Station, and Black Panther. But I think with Black Panther already, they've said they're not gonna recast T'Challa, which I don't have a problem with. My problem right. was people that were saying that they shouldn't do another Black Panther. I was like, no, Black Panther is necessary. That oh, black superhero is necessary. Now, I can understand if you don't wanna cast anybody as the role of T'Challa, but that doesn't stop the legacy of the Black Panther. The Black Panther was just the name bestowed on the protector of Wakanda. So that right. could be anybody. You could have another tournament and somebody could do it. Or like in the comic books, his sister could take over like she did for a little mm -hmm. while, Siri. But um, mm -hmm. my thing is when they do put this new one out, however they do it, uh, I Black Panther is necessary because I was, I was having this argument with my boy who said they shouldn't redo it. I said, why not, man? When have you ever had a black superhero that white kids wanted to be? Man. Listen. Oh, <laughs> on Halloween, bro, I can't tell you how many little white boys walked up to our door in Black Panther costume. And I didn't get mad because I'm like, you know, our baby's been emulating Batman, Superman, Green Lantern. About time we had somebody yeah. that they wanted to be. And I was okay with that. And I said, and think about it. Out of all of the superheroes, other than Superman and maybe Captain America, this is the first black superhero. Man, love this country. Loved his people, cherished and worshipped his mother and father, wasn't didn't have any vices. He didn't gamble, he didn't drink, was smart, 
intelligent, was a man's man, could fight combat, knew all different styles of combat, could handle himself in battle, and at the end of the day, wanted a queen to rule beside him. Mm. Come on, dog. That's the total antithesis which they try to paint us in the media and stuff today. Black man ain't shit. We don't take care of our kids. We don't do this. Yeah, none mm. of that. He was right, just a right. badass motherfucker with a bunch of money, no vices, and was about that life. Because it, it always has to come back to money. Yeah. Let's be real. Um, that is the highest grossing standalone superhero movie. 700 Period. million. 700 million. No, gross, no, no, I think no, no, worldwide, wasn't it? No, 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 no. It's way over a billion. Really? The only, the only thing that beat Black Panther Avengers. was the Avengers movie. But it's not a standalone. Okay. So standalone, right. it beat every single standalone movie ever. That's the highest grossing standalone superhero movie ever. You think they're not gonna do another one? Of course. <laughs> right. right, right. When you when you catching a B, when you're doing way over a billion dollars, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. You're, 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 getting, an, you're getting another one. Um, I just wanna see what they do with that switch, because it's kind of difficult. Like I'm, I'm going through it now. I want to do another roost, but okay. uh, first everything has to open back up enough for me to be safe or feel safe anyway. But unfortunately, we lost a couple of major cast members, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to recast them. You know, I want to honor what they, uh, what what they did. So I'm going through it now, just figuring out the steps to move forward in the story without them. That's a difficult thing to do. So the test of Ryan Coogler's writing, his directing he's got, but the writing is gonna be interesting to see how they move forward uh, without without bro. Yeah, yeah. And I, like I said, once again, I think there's so much going on in the Marvel universe that you can write that, still pay honor, uh, homage to the legend of Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa and move mm -hmm. on. Like, I could see the movie starting out that, you know, Chadwick, you know, whatever, something happened, whatever, whatever, in a fight, and he couldn't continue on, and now we have to find a new leader, and the movie could be about that. Or, for me, they could have did it as a prequel to Black Panther. They could have told the story of his father, T'Chaka, when he was young. Mm -hmm. Remember That's when... Remember when T'Chaka came and rolled up and was like, yo, you betrayed Wakanda and all that? You could have talked about him, you know, his years before T'Challa was born. You know what I'm saying? Before he became an old man. So um, I, one thing I hope they don't do, though, I hope they don't find a way to bring, and it's nothing against Michael B. Jordan, but Killmonger died. Right. So, you know, I don't want them to be like, oh, Killmonger came back to life. He's seen his bad ways, and now he's the new Black Panther. I'm not going to like that. I'd rather you go with the lane that Shuri takes over or Lupita Nyong'o's character takes over as the Black Panther because she was a spy. She was badass, too. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Or, mm -hmm. or you know, the leader of the Dora Milaje, something. Even if you go the woman empowerment route, I'm okay with that. But, yeah, you know. And you know people on the Internet, they're talking about, you know, how can they bring Michael back? And it's like, eh. Yeah, it's like, nah, man. It's, and and, and yeah. then give somebody else a chance, goddammit. Like, that's sometimes what makes me mad about Hollywood. They recycle the same people. And I'm not saying that they ain't dope. But let's see some new faces. You know what I mean? Well, see, that's, you know, that's the problem with 
art versus business. Uh huh. Because simply, you know, when you're talking about that much fucking money, I mean, hell, they're spending like two, three hundred million dollars on these fucking yeah. films before they even yeah. get any of that shit back. It's like, right. you know, and, and, and you got suits who aren't artists. And that's one of the reasons why, one of the reasons why I'm still here in Chicago and not in LA. They're trying right. to get me out there, and I'm still like, hey, I don't know, you guys are, and, you know, because, you know. You try to um, change people, they try to change you when you get out there. Man, listen, let me tell you something. I didn't, I have, uh, you know, I know a lot of people in Hollywood, actually. Right. And, uh, dude. <laughs> I, yeah, you ain't, hey, man, listen, you ain't, you know, some of the, a lot of the homies go out there to do comedy, mm. and, uh, I be seeing some movies on late night at Showtime or Cinemax, and I'm be like, "What? He's playing mm. what? Mm. Oh, is that the guy that bad, man? <laughs> oh, he got he put on the dress. Oh, okay, yeah, man. All yeah. right, okay. You know, I go hard on them dudes. They don't they don't, they don't went to the okay. dress. You know, even the okay. boy Kevin said he never do it, and then they did it <laughs> on did Saturday it. Night Live. Yeah, okay. He did. You know, okay. I mean, if you, and I get, I, yeah. listen, I get when everybody say it's character acting and all that. I'm like, but I look at the situation that my people are in. Right. Right. They can get away with it. Our situation, our men are looked at crazy. Man, right. Listen. So anything I can do to put forth a, because think about it, how many positive male black images we have in the movies, like, except Black Panther? Or just even on TV, mm. like Cosby. Where's the Cosby at? Where's the Martin at? Even though Martin was young and hip, he was a positive dude, had money, you know what I'm saying? Worked at a radio station, had a girl. They didn't have no baby out of wedlock or nothing. They was just two people kicking it, living in the city. They had a group of friends who all had jobs, was doing well for themselves. The Cosby Show, doctor and a lawyer living in the same house. Hell, the Jeffersons, black business, Black businessman living in the high rise. Hell, even good times, right? James ain't mm -hmm. never asked nobody for shit. Mm -hmm. They lived in the projects, but he took care of his family even to his death. He died taking Tough care of his family. Too. You he see what I'm saying? Too. Yeah, no yeah. nonsense. No, not even uh, uh, what was the one family map with Steve Urkel, black police officer, lived in a nice neighborhood, nice neighbors. Where those TV shows at for us now? Man, what, let me tell you what do we have? I'm trying to keep. I'm trying to keep you out of this conversation because I know you. you nah, you, nah bro. I tell. Hey, listen, man. I don't. I don't. I. I. I've been working in this business long enough to know King B. I know what to say and when to say it. But <laughs> right, I'll give right. you. I'll give you enough where you know where I stand. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not disrespectful to anybody because at the end of the day, I'm. I'm glad to see anybody win. Right. Right. But I do feel. Certain things as a black man in this country, there's there's certain steps and feet, a foot I must put forward to let you understand this what it is. All right, y'all come whatever y'all want to, but this is what it is when it comes to us and what I want shortage to see. When I got picked to do later with Leon, real quick, real quick story. Go ahead. Go ahead. When they when they asked me to do later with Leon, I was so excited, bro. And um they tried to put a co-host with me. And I was like, nah, I don't want her. I want this female. And it, it was a sister by the name of Tia Ewing. And they was like, well, you know, why you want her? I said, because I want our boys and girls to see that two people, two dark skinned people 
could be on a show on TV and it looks good and it sounds good. You understand what I'm saying? Because we get a lot of times the colorism thing, they be like, all right, well, we'll get your co-host, but she got to be light skinned or Hispanic. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is what I want. I want them to see that a guy with no college education, no degree can coexist with a, a, a black female journalist, both dark skinned, both from the city of Chicago, so our babies can see that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, it didn't work out for the, it's, it's reasons why it didn't work out, like uh, creative differences, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Uh, mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm always wanting that narrative. I'm always wanting them to see who look, see people on TV who look like them. Right, there's a lot of shit that goes on behind the scenes that a lot of people don't realize. You know, we had Georgia Fort on the show and she was talking about, cause she was on the radio in Minnesota and then she transitioned to TV and she was talking about her having a bad day getting to work one day and her hair wasn't straight and them telling her, telling her, well, we didn't give you permission to change your look and if you come in here again like that, we're gonna take disciplinary action. That's crazy. It's crazy. That's crazy. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, you know, it, it's just ridiculous and and people need to realize what I see. You know, I see a lot of things that other people don't because I write this shit, I'm, I'm in this shit. You know what I mean? And the narrative that they keep consistently putting gay guys, uh, guys in dresses. I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's Go ahead. what it is. But, no problem with but that. But here's the thing. In your life. Where's the balance? Thank you. you know, that's, that's, the, that's the key. You know, that's the problem I have with a lot of the music of today. I, bro, listen, <laughs> hey man, I wish you could sit in some of our meetings where I say like, hey, you know, be nice to hear self-destruction or Bonita Applebaum early in the morning or maybe something by, you know, we, okay, I get it. We gotta play Migos, we gotta play Pooh Shiesty and Lil Dirk. I ain't mad at that, right? Because that no. is Dirk from the city or whatever. All right, but can yeah. we come back with something from Kendrick Lamar, Common? J. Yeah. Cole, artists that, yeah. the era that we came up in, King B, you think about it, the 80s. Just like how you said you listen to all types of music. It ain't no, it ain't no secret to that. Think, look at all the people who were born when we were born in the, in the 70s on down. We had the disco era, the house era, juke era, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. hip hop, new wave, grunge. All this came within the late 70s, 80s to 90s, right? Mm -hmm. So we listened mm -hmm. to everything and there was a balance. Yes, you could hear fuck the police from NWA, right? Mm -hmm. But then you could also hear 911 is a joke. Same mm -hmm. message delivered a different way, right? Fight the power. Fight the power. Yeah. Like so yeah. you had balance. So you could hear yeah. bitch better have my money. But then you could also turn around and get I used to love her played on his You know, he talking about hip hop. You see what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So there was yeah, a balance. One, poor righteous teachers, all and, of that. Man, you know? come on, bro, stop playing. I th and I yeah. think now the artist is just cookie cutter rap. It's easy. I literally told me and Cal were having this conversation the other day. I said, Cal, we could get into the studio on some joking shit and make a trap song that would go crazy in the club. Oh yeah, easy. On some joke, on some joke shit. And, and the era when we was coming up in the 90s, you couldn't joke with hip hop, you get called out. Yo, that's trash. But Wait a minute. Now man. we could Wait literally do some joke shit and go crazy. We had a couple of joke records now, let's be honest. Okay, name them. Yeah. And, and I'm gonna show Before you. I'm I got gonna high. Before, because I got high? 
Because, because I got high. Whatever. Yeah. Because I got high. But that was look, a joke record. It was a joke record. But look at the look at the look at the lyrics. Go back and read the lyrics of him. He was actually rhyming. He had dope oh, yeah. rhymes. The concept yeah. of the song was a joke. Hell, jump, jump is a joke song. The Mac Daddy make you jump, jump. His cross will make you jump, jump. That was corny. <laughs> but if you go back and look at their lyrics, they was rapping. Yeah. yeah. They weren't talking about killing nobody. They weren't talking about shooting nobody. It was a party record. Yeah, I get yeah. it. We all had goofy stuff in each era. Yeah. You had party records in each era. You had records that uh, I wish I was a little bit taller, but look how it was comical, but yeah. it was a party record. Mm-hmm. Now I'm talking mm-hmm. what I mean by what I mean by jokes by jokes like it has no substance. It's just you repeating the same thing over. It's literally rap songs out now where guys be like, what they can't think of a road around, they be like, well, the song on grand, man, the sound of riding bait, drinking champagne every day, man, the sound Like, what the fuck, bro? But just because it's got a slamming bass line and heavy bass, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah I so, agree. I agree. And so I hate to be that guy, you know what I mean? I want to like- <laughs> Me too, get off my lawn, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm I want to like these, I want to like these 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 young, but it's it all sounds the same. But and King, I, I do you know, like some, I, don't get me wrong, I love, I rocks with Lil Baby. I, hmm. I rocks with Moneybag Yo sometimes. The problem I have is all that shit sound, is, if you don't know the artist, you can't differentiate who is who. At all, and, and, and back and, when we and, and, came up, you could tell everybody had a distinct sound. Common sounded nothing like Gangstar. KRS-One right. sounded nothing like MC Hammer. MC Hammer right. sounded nothing like BBD. Now everybody the, sounds the same. The minute they came on, you knew who it was. Man, and like you the was the second lit. their voice was talking. Yeah, DMX, Look, unique. Tupac, oh, unique. Biggie, unique. Big Pun, unique. Matter of fact. If you sounded like someone else, you got killed. You kicked out. You it got was over crucified. with. Over with. <laughs> Shine now, got crucified. Shine got crucified. Oh, yeah, Gorilla yeah. Black got crucified for sounding like Biggie. They got killed for sounding like Biggie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn, but they man. was dope. Oh man, that one, what that one record he had was bad boy. Massive. Whoa. Massive. I still bump that shit every now Come and Come on, again. man. <laughs> but we know what it so, is. I mean, we know what it is. I don't get into the whole- It's corporate. Yeah. It's corporate bullshit. Let's keep it's, it 100. It's coin hey, over look. community. It's coin over community at times. You know what I'm saying? But that's why I feel like when we get in these positions and we hold them down, it is our duty to put our message out without losing the platform. Can you kind of understand what I'm saying? Because I get into it with people all the time. They talk shit to me, oh, this, 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 you on the radio, this, that do this and do that and do that. And I say, well, first of all, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that we don't hold some culpability and what happens out here. But I say, but at the same time, are you parenting your children? Because I right. work for said station that you talk about, try to talk crazy about, but it's funny how my kids don't ain't out here doing that shit. Right. They ain't out here wilding out. I mean, what's important, we gotta understand, we, to your point, we gotta understand one thing. You know, you know, just like the WAP song. You know, right. and I was I was on social media saying, listen, I don't like the beat. <laughs> it's not what they're talking about. I just don't like the beat. I think they could have, right. because that's a house record, basically. Right. And you could have done a Frank better Ski. job. Shout out to beat. Frank Ski. There you go. So my thing is, is this, there should be adult records. 
The problem is, is you're letting your five-year-old child listen child, to listen adult to records. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's not the problem with the like record. It's the problem with you not saying, okay, this I got to turn off. But no, you yeah. turn it up. You know yeah. what I mean? My kids listen to BTS, K-pop, video game yeah. music. They listen to stuff that children should be listening to. Or they listen, yeah. they know the soundtrack to Grease, the soundtrack to The Wiz, because that's what their mama listened to. And my eight-year-old, when she's in the car with me, she's spitting Rakim word for word, because that's what her daddy listens to. There so for the people that talk all crazy to me, because I DJ too, right? And be, you'd mm -hmm. be surprised how many people try to criticize the radio station for what they play. But when I'm in the club, they the first one to run up and ask for, let me hear that new Migos, let me hear that new... Uh, King Von, two, Crazy Story 2.0. And I said, if you asking me for it in here, I know you listen to it in front of your children. Mm -hmm. I, you're, not, you're not even finna sit up in front of me and act like you cut it off when they get in the car. You mm -hmm. turn up to it when they in the car. So, at the end of the day, we all are products of our environment to a certain extent. Some of us just learn how to break from the grasp of the negative stuff, but we all have influences from our environment. Shit, man, we listen to all kind of gang. Come on, gangster rap was invented when we came up. That doesn't ghetto mean boys we went out to the yeah ghetto boys. N.W.A. All of them motherfuckers on, came out when we were coming up. Like it's like, dude, like you know, you have to learn that there's a separation. And if you're going to listen to these things, it should be a teachable moment. Yep, you know yep. this well, is I this is this is how this works. Like when I was when I was younger. You could look at the hood, but, and I grew up in the hood. Yeah. But I also went to school, you know, I went to private schools. So yeah. I got to see both. And the teachable moment is you can be this or you can aspire to be that. That. Absolutely, brother. Now, what do you want to do? I lived in 9817 South Loma. Shout out to Washington Heights, right? I went to Quigley yep. South. Went to all boys Catholic school, right? And then ended up mm -hmm. going out to Eisenhower out in Blue Island. But my father, he's like, I can't control what you listen to when you leave out here. I had to hide my two short tapes and stuff out in a bag outside behind the garage because when he found them in my room, he tore them up. He's like, you're not mm -hmm. gonna listen to that in here. We, mm -hmm. we not doing that. Now my tribe car quest and stuff, he didn't bother, but he knew the ones that, that I shouldn't be listening to. But when I walked outside and put it in my walk, man, yeah, I'm listening straight out of Compton. Yeah, I'm listening to Ghetto Boys. I'm listening to Cool G Rap. I'm listening to all that too short, all that hardcore stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think then, more or less, the rappers back then were telling the stories of the streets. I think now the streets, the 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 rappers are trying to be the streets when they all of them not really like that. No. They're not reporting anymore. They're literally trying to glorify a lifestyle. And these shorties, you know, it's like the life is influencing the, influencing the rapper so much. You know, everybody a rapper now. Everybody a rapper. And like you said, they're not really living that lifestyle. But you listen to the music and think, well, that's the way to be. And they ain't even that way. But look, we uh, need to take one more break. And we'll be back. More Leon Rogers right here. It's Raw Fusion. TheIndieCity.com If you like independent clothing brands, independent art, or just things that are independent, then check out TheIndieCity.com There's clothing, art, and more all right there at TheIndieCity.com T-H-E-I-N-D-Y-C-I-T-Y.com 
TheIndieCity.com is a proud sponsor of the King B Raw Fusion podcast. Previously on Raw Fusion. We, I went to a slumber party and I guess the girl's family was taught that Jewish people were the devil. So one of her siblings who was a little younger, it had to be like five or six maybe, literally asked me where my um, where my horns were. Don't miss a minute of King B's Raw Fusion. Make sure you subscribe for free to King B's Raw Fusion podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Raw Fusion. I think I think we got we 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 do a lot of talking about the rappers and they they do have to have uh, responsibility. But what this all comes down to is corporate influence. You know, when you have what Dame Dash calls uh, culture vultures right. in the industry, you yeah. know, it, it, it's, it's about the money. Okay, let's get to the lowest common denominator and repeat that. It's like a, it's like a fucking factory. You know, when I did TV, and one of the pe- reasons why people don't understand why I left TV, you know, I'm on a broadcast network, why would you leave? And one of the things was, listen, I love film because every film is a new world. With mm. TV, mm. the goal is, and I completely understand it, and I'm not mad at it. The goal is find out what works and keep doing that shit until it doesn't work. It makes sense, you know what I mean? When you looked at Soul Train, you can set your watch to the time that that damn, uh, what was it, scramble board? When that came on, you could set your watch to it. It came on at the exact same time just about every week. And that was the key. And that's the reason why I stayed on for so long. One of the longest running shows in, in, in television history. The key is find out what works and keep doing that shit. Me, my creativity bothers me when I keep doing the same shit over and over and over again. That's the reason why I left TV. I want to do something different, and film gives me that. That's an artist. But when you have corporate entities, their objective is to find out what works, find out what sells, and sell a shitload of it. So that's now crept into the art, whereas we do, all we have is fucking superhero movies, because they sell. So you, you're yeah. getting a shitload of superhero movies. And, and then with the rap, you know what I mean? Okay. Well, one style works. Everybody do that style, you know. And 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 that's annoying to me as an artist and a, a curator of art to keep having the same shit fed to me every day. It's like eating the same food every fucking day. But you know, that's what it is, and I understand it. You know, the converse is when you want to put out a message, and okay, so. One guy gets in a dress. Let's put another guy in a dress. Let's keep putting all these guys in dresses. Let's make them all gay. What you're saying is, again, that's what you are, that's what you are. But what you're saying, you're creating a narrative that if someone from a foreign country comes and that's all they see, then they're going to say, oh, well, they're all like that. You know what I mean? Give me a balance and I'm okay. You know, give me a balance and... Let me see someone speaking conscious rap. And then you can have, you know, gangster shit too, you know. And I might listen to it, I might like it. You know what I mean? Give me the upstanding gentleman and then, you know, do your mob movie. You know, I do mob films. 
But right. that was because people kept asking me to do the shit. <laughs> you know what Bro. I mean? People don't know the thing about Roost and Shameless plug, you can catch all of these movies on patreon.com slash kingdick. <laughs> Yo, I say that same thing when I when I have a conversation back and forth with some of my female um, co-workers and stuff about women in hip hop. I say, well, you know, I say, it's funny. I said, I'm, once again, I'm not trying to ruffle no feathers, but I say, it's funny how we talk about the misogyny and Crazy stuff we say about women in hip hop, which is absolutely true. I think it's I think it's a problem. I think it's been a problem. But then you all turn around and praise Meg and Cardi for WAP, saying it's sexual liberation. Which one is it? You can't have it both ways. If it's if it's whack, it's whack all the way around. Don't say when a guy says it is whack, but when the girl said it's oh it's okay now. You know I I want my little I want my my daughter to hear this message that it's okay to throw your vagina around. I'm just saying we got to be consistent. We got to find a level and be right. consistent. Like I don't really like you know be this and h that. I don't think it takes any lyrical creativity to rhyme. You know what I'm saying? At least be be uh have colorful wordplay with it, you know what I'm saying? But most of your top-notch MCs that can really rap don't have to resort to that. But once again, they don't get the love. Ladies like, well, females can only win if they talk about sex. So that's not true. Rhapsody is dope as fuck. But when her yeah. album drops, y'all won't buy it because she's speaking it. on she's speaking on uplifting and pro-black this and women being this. Y'all won't buy it. And even Cardi B and them have said that they was like, y'all always tell women to to stop rapping about sex, but when we don't, you don't buy the album. And she's 100% right. Jay-Z had a, had, a, had a line. Truthfully, I be rapping like Common Sense, and he said, right. how many of a million records, and I ain't been rapping like Common Sense. Common you know sense, what I'm saying? right. They gave him a lot yeah. of shit for 444, but they gonna but it was praise. Dope. It, was it was dope. It was dope. A lot of lessons. The only thing that bothered me about 444, 444 King B is like the older people that was like showing it love. I was like, so KRS One and Chuck D and all them wasn't saying these same things, but now your favorite rapper says it. It's oh, this is groundbreaking. That's the only problem I had with 444. Mm -hmm. I'm like, there are rappers that have been rapping about this shit, and like Justice Cold, uh, you get the Edutainment album by KRS One. Right, uh, mm -hmm. you you get you get Chuck D Nation of Millions to hold us back. You get X Clan. These was all rap Paris. These are all guys that was mm -hmm. Black Power movement and rapping about Black Power. Even Pop with some of his rhymes. But now mm -hmm. Jay starts talking about investing and all that, and then this is groundbreaking. That's the only thing. I love the album, but I just hated the inc like I'm all about consistency. I hated the people that was trying to make it seem like he did something groundbreaking. I said no. He expounded on and brought to light what people been write, writing about a long time ago. But because it's Jay, y'all fucking with it. It's not the album that you have a problem with. It's not the work. It's the, it's the people reaction that, that people yeah. have to. Right, right. The album was dope. The album was cold to me. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to No ID on the beats. He was killing No it. ID. No Man. ID, you, you, you coming on the show, bro. Like, you know, <laughs> you know we monster. went to high school together. And but he doesn't yeah. like doing interviews. But I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna get back in touch with him. Um, 
but because uh, he needs to come on the show. He does, he's notoriously doesn't do interviews. But sometimes I can't blame people for that, King B, man, because people take your words, and it's not even you. Let's just say I say something on here. Somebody hears the podcast. They'll take a 15-second clip and try to define my whole existence from that 15 seconds. So I yeah. get it why some people, you know, uh, we just had that happen with us with Irv Gotti. Irv Gotti came on our show, talked about the past and the DMX. He told numerous stories about how close him and DMX was and even through all his demons, DMX did this and did that and did this. But then when he reported on the cause of his death, mm. he drove the internet nuts. People was mm. going off on him and I was like, y'all took that one 20 second clip and ran with it. When the man said he had nothing but the utmost respect for DMX, he loved him. But we know what it is. I don't know why people act like that. I think black folks are the only people that do that. Yo, your uncle, your uncle who's been on heroin for 30 years was found dead in the alley. But, you know, in the funeral, y'all trying to say COVID took him out of here. No, goddamn well COVID ain't taking by. <laughs> he had two needles in his arm when they found right. him. Right. Well, it wasn't no COVID infected needles. He OD. We get it. Ain't nothing to be embarrassed of. Uh, People nine love times bullshit, out of 10, man. black folks got a junkie in their family. Or somebody that just ain't doing right out here on some BS. It's like the same little dudes that be out here thugging, wilding out. Then when they get killed, everybody want to put them on a T-shirt and be like, man, you know, he really loved music. He was out here sticking people up, fam. Robbing. <laughs> what do you think? Right, what I, music was he listening to when he took that lady call 79? That is a whole nother conversation. I'm not getting into yeah. that. But I, I want to I wanna say... See, people love people love this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. The story about Roos is this. Roos was a five minute, I think it was Fox. They were doing they were doing a uh uh something like an American Idol uh-huh. for directors. The the submission process was a five minute film. And I'm thinking like, okay, what can I come up with that's interesting that I can tell a full story in five minutes? Okay, what about a hitman that gets hit by his own organization? You know, I went through a few things and I, I went through that and, hey, that makes sense. So I did that. I put it in there. Now, previously, I'd done Intimate Friends, A Love Story, Penis Dialogues, which is kind of like a dramedy. And in place of the trailer, you know, beginning when we would do like uh, uh, screenings of the film, I put the five minute because, you know, the show didn't go anywhere. I think they did like one season and they canceled it or something like that or couple of shows and it was off air. So, you know, I had this whole little five minute thing. I wanted people to see it. So I put it in front of the film. I think it was Intimate Friends. And I had so many people come up to me and say, yeah, Intimate Friends, that shit was cool. Yeah, man, that was good. When the gangster movie coming out? <laughs> what that gangster say? Now, mind you, this is an hour and a half film and you're still stuck on the first five minutes of the shit that you saw. Five, like, so there were, I mean, literally, so many people, again, MySpace people were like, you know, damn, when is that coming out? Like, that's the film, Joe. Like, you know what I'm saying? And they're like, no, when, no, come on, man. It's got to be. So I went and did, I, I filled it out. I used that first five minutes, cut it down to 4.30, and then added more to it and made it the movie. And it's the top selling one. You know what I mean? Love story? Yeah, nah. I mean, it's, it, it went, but the gangster movie went quicker than the other ones, and that's why we did another one. At some point, we gotta be you know, conscious of what we buy. If you don't wanna see that kind of shit, 
don't buy it. Don't ask for it. Right. You know what I mean? If you don't want to hear gangster rap, don't buy it. I guarantee you, if you stop buying the shit that you complain about, the industry's gonna respond with something else. But as long as you keep buying the shit and downloading and watching and you know looking at fight videos and clicking on this and clicking on bullshit, they're gonna keep giving you bullshit because it's a numbers game. You know what I mean? This is a business and people need to understand that. So if you wanna change what you're listening to, listen to something else. No doubt. Watch something else. Oh, hey man, listen. This can go on all yeah, man. Day, <laughs> you got shit to do. <laughs> this, this, no, this good stuff though. I think more conversations like this need to be had. More platforms need to be, and that's how I kind of try to do. Uh, later with Leon, if you all get a chance, we're on a new time now. Starting Monday, we'll be on at seven o'clock central. So we're kicking off the prime time hours, and uh, they Dope. they moved me. I was on at uh, I was on at nine out here, but now I'm on at seven. Out here, so seven central. Yes, seven central over the world. Yeah, seven seven central Central time, five Pacific, and uh, eight eight East Coast. So um, yeah, and so I think I think just the conversations, man, and just talking, sipping on a little something. Like I said, you know, we live in a cancel culture now, which I think is totally bullshit. When you not be able to express your feelings and it not be called hate, like. Comics now are even scared. Unless you Dave Chappelle and you write your, you punch your own ticket. Like even comics now, man, you you got to be mindful of what you say and what you do. And next thing you know, people are trying to cancel you saying you're spewing hate. You're not spewing hate. I'm giving my opinion. And that's all that it shit, is. He's I, dancing. I'm, yeah, they even got so, him dancing now. So it's man, like, bro. you know, people, listen, they want a monolithic uh, yeah. type of existence. And One that mindset. is yep. good. Yeah. No. Yep. I'm not right, bro. So I probably say a lot of shit on this podcast, and I'm going to continue saying a lot of shit that you probably never heard before. And that's just going to be what it is. If you like it, tune in. If you don't, don't tune in because I guarantee you somebody likes it because they're listening. So, you know, fuck off if you don't like me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I I really don't give a shit. I'm independent, goddammit. I don't have to punch in the white's clock. You can catch me on Deep Stroke Radio with King B. See, this is the problem. You know what? I don't have to talk to this guy for a year, two years. I'm telling you, man. And and, and it's just like we we talked yesterday. King, I swear, (laughs) tell me that shit wouldn't work. A late night, a late night talk show, you only have guests on of like a sexual or like sex experts former porn stars, and then you just go into music that people like the bone to and call it Deep Stroke Radio with King oh, B. Boy. And then your, your your radio cover, like the thing that they got to show you, promote you, you got, you you doing the um, D'Angelo, how does it feel? You ain't no shirt on <laughs> with some gold <laughs> chains on and just like covered in water. Oh, man. Hey, hey man, when it happened, I just want 10%. That's all. <laughs> Hey, you in radio? You 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 tell the people over there. I got hey man, you know. okay. Now when 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 you get a donut and they be like a hey, king man, don't be like oh I thought because I I will pitch it, bro. Go on, pitch I'm in, it. I'm, shit. I'm on I'm on some producer shit now. I pitch I'm pitching. I will pitch anything. Shout out. You know who you need to have on here? Who? I don't know if you know her name is Glamazon Tayomi. No, she's a beautiful individual. She's a certified sex therapist, but she's just like a great person. 
someone that gives me a lot of clarity when we talk. I have conversations with her about the whole gay, lesbian, the LBGTQ, what to say, what not to say. And she gives great perspectives on it. She keeps it real because she's, you know, she messed with that crowd over there heavy, man. You know what I'm saying? She's doing big things. But she also teaches us who are not up on the lingo and everything how to say stuff without being offensive. And she also puts them in check saying, look, y'all being too sensitive. Motherfucker ain't say nothing detrimental against y'all. Y'all just, y'all on some bully stuff now. So I, I, I love her to death. And anytime I talk to people that are in media, uh, you know, I tell them to talk to her. My man, Domati Pongo, who's a very young up and coming reporter. He works for MTV now. He's from Chicago, man. Just all good people. I believe in connecting folks, man. And, and making everybody's Link platform work. Link it. You know what I mean? I got you. Hey, man, I know you got a lot of work to do. So, man, I appreciate you coming through the show. Yeah. Um, bro, working with you uh, for all these years, man, I really appreciate you. are a hell of a talent. Um, I just want to see you win, bro. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I see you're winning, but bro, you got way, way bigger things ahead. And um, I want to appreciate you, man. Uh, you're a good brother. Man, I, I appreciate it, man. And I, I think we should all give each other our flowers while we're here. You yourself, uh, accomplished director, been doing things out here in the city. And if people don't know, they need to check out a lot of your movies. King B been around a long time. He's one of the OGs. Uh, and, and it's good to see people that you come up with in the game, you know, still flourishing. And I never want to be that guy to be like, man, he was great after he was gone. So appreciate your platform, man. Like I said, you you already know what it is, man. Phone call away, man. Just hit my line. I'm there. You know, I'm always looking to get in front of somebody's camera and, and do something great some be a part of some creative so say less on that damn right we got more work to do it's time to talk some shit with king b on the king b's raw fusion podcast brought to you by the indiecity.com well we have certainly talked a lot of shit today already they say directing is uh, a lot of it is, is casting. And when I look to work with different people, I look for good people. Do you always get the greatest people? No, but many times you do. And uh, that's really important. When working with comedians, be prepared to laugh a hell of a lot while you're on set. <laughs> I'm King B, and this is Raw Fusion. Raw Fusion. Raw Fusion.